Hello, I am Mariano Gutierrez Alarcón and welcome to the 12 Man Academy, the show that asks the questions we believe the fans want to know about football. Joining me for this series is well-known and passionate manager Gus Poyet and our voice of the fans, long-suffering supporter Stephen Brown. Together, we will get inside the pitch and hope to answer your doubts about managing at the top end of the game while we get the inside track of being a top-level football manager. In each episode, we get a better understanding of the thoughts, the decision-making and the philosophies of a top-level coach, from picking a club captain to tactics and team identity as we connect the fans to the manager. In this series, we reference to past events as we use examples that were happening in the football world at the time we recorded this podcast. In this episode, we discuss referees. Hello, Gus. Hello, Steven. How are you doing? Hi, Mariano. How are you? Hi, Gus. Hi, Steven. Hi, Mariano. Very well. Thank you. Nice to see you both. Today, we will talk about the relationship between managers and referees. We see the matches, we see how they fight each other, how they scream each other, what they tell. Normally, in the press conference, managers never say what they say to the referees. The referees, we never heard of them. Eventually, one old referee that speaks about something in the television, but not much. To start, what are the rules between managers and referees? Let, let, let me start with one thing, Mariano and Steven, and then uh, you, Steven, you ask me anything you, you would like to know from the fans' point of view. The truth is, and I'm talking about the normal referee, no VAR, nothing. It's a very, very difficult job. And, and I'm not trying to be nice with the referees. I'm not. I'll tell you why it's very difficult. When I started coaching as a number one at Brighton, I wanted to be that kind of manager or coach that is doing everything. And one of the things was to referee during training. And I can tell you that after a few weeks, I decided not to referee anymore. Practically, I would say 98% or 99% of the training sessions that I done after my first month of Brighton or second month of Brighton, I didn't referee anymore, except in incredible circumstances. And why? Because it's too difficult. Because you're coaching, you're refereeing, and you don't want the game to stop every 20 seconds. You try to let it play. So there is a little bit of a pull, a little bit of a, and you let it play. But the players, they get upset. And after not giving maybe two fouls one way, there is a third one that that one maybe is even less than the other one. But because you didn't give the first two ones, you don't want to be too much unfair and, and you give that foul. Because we are human beings. And the referees, they are human beings. I always said, when it's a 50-50 penalty, and the referee said, no. And there is a little bit of a 50-50 or 60-40. And the referee say, no. Then there is a little bit that is very weak or, or not a penalty. And sometimes they give it because they didn't give the previous two. So it's a difficult job. Now, saying that, they are in charge and they are responsible. And sometimes we forget about that. You know, uh, Stephen, we don't have to take responsibility from the referee. He's a referee. And if he makes good decisions, it's a better game. And if he makes a strong or a important wrong decision, the game can go one way or the other. It's, uh, it's very difficult. I think I'd quite like to know, the first thing, I've got a few questions today. The first one is, when you were a player, did you have the crossover between amateur and professional referee? Or had you already, when they became professionals, you were still playing or you were a coach? Look, when, when I was a player in Spain, I knew the character of every referee. I knew which one you can talk to. 
and know which one you cannot even move your arms because if you move your arms, you get a yellow card. So we knew a little bit about the, about the referee. Then I was very, very happy in England. It was a big, big shock for me for referees to call me gas. I never had that. You know, like uh, something happened, I will, I will try to get an, I don't know, whatever decision, and the referee come in and say to you, gas, stop it. Isn't that wrong? Isn't that that sometimes is something from our point of view in the, in the stands that there's two two friends. There should be a separation. They're not friends. You're not first names. You're 14. He's five. He's with my character. I love it because it was like uh, anyone telling you, okay, stop it. No being arrogant. No trying to be superior to you. No showing any kind of power. No being like uh, I'm in charge. You shut up. You know, I like it. So I enjoyed a lot my relation with the with the British referees. I'm not saying they were better technically or tactically, but my relation was very easy going. Obviously, we're talking about the 90s, no? It was plenty of contact. It was plenty of you know difficult games. I have to say, maybe one wrong decision in ascending off at Everton with the Spurs, but the rest I think they were quite fair, and I got no complaint. The the problem that sometimes we talk about or convince the referees. When they started deciding certain actions on the referee understanding, it's up to the referee. And I don't like that. You mean when the rules uh, leads to the referee interpretation? Yes, I don't like that. Because the, the interpretation in football, uh, for us football players, coaches, the ones that we play football, is very simple. And the referee, sometimes they got too many rules that is not that clear for them to know when a player it's going down and it's not going down and when it can go down or no because the interpretation is too open and I don't like to leave some, something so open. But is that a problem because coaches and players talk about we know but you're not the only ones there. You're 12 players, uh, 22 players. There's 30, 40, 50,000 people on the outside of you trying to understand the difference. And we're told that's the rule. We understand the rules as they're written. But then there's the interpretation that you guys on the pitch, on the site, know better than everybody, which, yes, is true, but is also not true because that's not the rule. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is about we know when it was a foul, it was no, or we know when it's a, a, a handball or no. And, and because it's up to the referee interpretation, is when we start getting nervous because we don't understand some of the calls of the referee. I'm not saying you understand. The, the simple one is this one. Look, I'm going to explain it for everyone at home listening to us. To jump, I need to always use my arms. I don't need to open my arms, extend it. I don't need to pull it over my head. I need just to use it to get out of the ground. Now, normally, your arms are bended and you are close to your... I would say no shoulders, but it to be under of the, your shoulders. If I jump, use my arms. The ball goes behind me, and you behind me, Stephen, half a yard. You hit the ball onto my arm at the back of my arm, and you tell me that the interpretation is that I play the ball, then either you're lying or you don't understand football. And that's the thing that frustrates players. When in one game against you, you get it, and the next game you don't. And that interpretation is so open that it makes football complicated. I know it's complicated for the referees. I said in the beginning. But we got a little bit more narrow that interpretation. Well, in, in the uh, normally when we hear... Not to do it black or white, eh? No, Mariano, no black or white. 
every handball is a penalty or no? No. But well, when, when they try to do that, it didn't work. Uh, but then the, the, this is more or less when we hear in the a managers asking for consistency in the decision making. It happens a lot in the World Cup that one referee says this is penalty and the same situation in another match wasn't a penalty, it was carry on as normal. What's going on between the relationship between the players, the managers, the clubs, the referee, the lineups, the, the, the lines referees, fourth assist, the fourth referee, the VAR is like 20 referees today in the in a in a in a football pitch. If one couldn't make sense of the decision, 11 agreeing the same is even more difficult. How do you feel that? the body of football can address this problem? Can, what, what can they do? You, two things. One, using more the managers and the football players in the final decision about the rules. They never use them. Every time they change a the rule in football, we are not consulted or we are not asked if you know we agree or disagree. And, and secondly, to, to make sure that we, now that it's VAR, we use an ex-football player or an ex-manager in the VAR. Look, I'm going to make a very clear example. Before the World Cup start, every single national team playing the World Cup, they received the referees to explain the rules. And one of the rules, it was 100% clear. It was that if you're coming into the box and you cross in or you try to dribble me, and me, I'm going down, and I need to put my arm on the floor because if I don't put my arm on the floor, I will break my neck. And the ball hit my arm where I'm using to put it on the floor is not a penalty. And it was clear message. And then Uruguay play against Portugal. And a player is going to tackle. And he put his arm behind his leg to hold himself, not to break his back. And the ball goes through the legs and hits his arm. And the referee gives a penalty. And you lose, you lose 2-0. Then you are out of the World Cup in the group because one goal. And then FIFA tell you that the referee was wrong. What do you do if you are the manager? You just take it? Do you have to accept it when 10 days before... A referee told you that that's not a penalty. And you said it, Mariano. It was a referee. It was a two linesman. It was a four official. And there were five in VAR. And no one of them says, remember the rule. If you're going down and you put in your arm to make yourself not killing yourself going down, it's not a penalty. Why? Can somebody tell me why? In Uruguay, I don't agree with this, but it made me think about it. In Uruguay, a few players, they say, because the penalty was taken by Ronaldo. I'm not sure about that. I cannot tell you how that, that is right or what can you do. Well, before the World Cup, many people said, before the World Cup, many people said, this World Cup is going to win by, it's going to be won by Messi or by Ronaldo. Luckily, it wasn't Ronaldo. How many penalties, how many penalties Argentina, Mr. Mariano Gutierrez? Well, well luckily, it wasn't Ronaldo. Every, every now and then, no a penalty, no? For Messi to score. So what I mean is, Don't create a doubt. Yeah, Stephen? But that goes back to my question. It goes back to my question about the amateur professional. You have these referees from countries that don't have top leagues in the World Cup. Do they have the actual full education? Are they doing other jobs? Is one guy a postman? Is he then refereeing Uruguay, Portugal? I don't know who the referee was, but it is that thing of when I asked you before, it was about when when you were a player with the switch from amateur referees where they did two jobs to being full-time professionals on a salary with the responsibility. So like, you're not like a player now. You're getting this money to do only this. So in that sense, I think the World Cup is always, the fall down is always the standard of the referees from different places where the leagues are not the top five. 
I think that is where the World Cup falls down and you get people doing games that they shouldn't be anywhere near it. The England one, the guy that did the England match, I can't remember which one it was now, he was shocking. And then you had the guy that the ex-professional did the final. Fantastic. Look, Stephen, I, I will tell you something that may, I know that it hurts, but I hope you agree. If a referee has a bad game, I, I won't say anything because we all have bad games. I picked wrong teams. I played bad games. I remember one game at home with Chelsea that we were winning 4-0 and we were passing the ball and the whole stand was doing ole, ole, ole. And every time the ball came to me, I lost it. You know, and at the second or the third time, one of the coaches of Chelsea came and said, Gas, we're playing in blue. And it was right. So that I had a bad game. We all have. The problem is when they come into you in the beginning of the season and they explain to you a rule that is clear, and two weeks later, they cannot do it. I'll make you another one. I remember in my time. They came to us. I don't remember if it was Chelsea or Tottenham. And they said to us, if you push someone with your hand in the chest, an opposite player, it's a yellow card. If you push it on the face, it's red. Tell me. It's not that clear. For me, it's clear. Then you're in the game. Somebody come. Push in the face, yellow. And you go to the referee and say, excuse me, two weeks ago, five days ago, two months ago, you came to my club and you told me that that's a red. Uh, it's a yellow. No. You told me, you, the same referee, you told me it's a red. No, it's a yellow. So now I ask people, how do you keep with that? I cannot tell you how because it is impossible, mostly because you cannot change the results afterwards. But it leads me to another situation. Looking at you, even this happens probably 20 years ago. You're still angry about it. Of course. This frustration leads to anger. This anger leads to be more passionate about it. Yeah. Uh, probably using more fruity language. Mm -hmm. And then we see the outburst that most manager has with referees. It's because of the frustration that the relationship between managers and footballers with, uh, with referees are so aggressive or it is because the referees impose the rules or the way they behave when applying the, the, the rules of the games creates the frustration. Do you think that this frustration justify and when it comes to this frustration from the managers and from the players, it justify the, the aggressiveness in the relationship when we see in the pitch like screaming at each other? No, Mariano, no. No, it doesn't justify, but it could be better if the referees talk. Now, for me, it's simple. For me, it's simple. A referee needs to give an interview after the game and explain. So the referee needs to the referee needs the referee needs to go to the dressing room, have a, his analyst that the, in every game the referee is the an analyst, go and watch it and go to the press conference and say what he thinks. And I'm telling you, if a referee really goes against everyone in the world twice in a press conference, it won't referee again because everybody knows after the game after watching 25 replays. So here the problem is that they. They think that don't let him play, don't let him, the, the, the referee talk, they are protecting the referee. That creates more anger on players and managers because we don't know what they think. And fans do create the same anger in fans that the referees doesn't explain, Stephen. Yeah, I think, we, as I said, that, that is something we all want. We, we want to understand what decisions they made. Everyone is, uh, has, the, has the responsibility. Everyone has to explain themselves. 
Managers have to come out and explain when they do something. Players have to uh, answer questions about teammates if they've been sent off. There's someone always has to have an answer except the referee. And then they get, we get a few days later, we get the press release from the Howard Webb. Oh, this was a mistake, this referee. And then you read down, oh, he was not refereeing next Saturday. Okay, fair enough. But that's not the, the, that's not the point because the point is to know what the referee feels. When you make, yeah, a mistake, interesting. You make a mistake, Sorry. and they said to me in the past, if a referee recognized publicly that he made a mistake, that it was influential in the result of the game, then next week it's going to be more difficult for him to referee. I don't care. Next week it's more difficult for me to coach. Next week, maybe I'm not the coach of my team because of that decision. Next week, that player who gave a penalty away and it was no, maybe doesn't play because people think that he doesn't, or he got nervous or he doesn't want to play because he's not right. Everybody gets a consequence except the referee. I understand the protection. I'm not stupid. I understand the protection. But when it's something extreme, I, I think we need to think about it because it's not only one way. You know, I, I remember one day uh, when we started with the, I don't know how was the campaign. Maybe you can help me, Stephen, respect or something like that. It was respect, no? Oh, yeah, yeah. What about the other way around? Is, is, is unfair for me as a coach to ask respect from the from the other way? And they say, I will respect you. No, no, you don't respect me because you don't explain to me why you, you made a mistake or why you took that decision or why you sent off the player. So they, there's no conversation. No. There's, there's always that thing of, oh, he went into the referee's room. No, well, there is, I have to say, in England, there is five or six that they will use to, to wear. Look, I remember one clearly. I was playing for my life at Sunderland. Life, eh? It was like, and we went to Stoke. And uh, 50-50 meters of the park, West Brown gets before to the ball, intercepted. Uh, the stock player, I don't want to name it, not to not to be like a, a rat. He makes like, you go kick, 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 and the referee is coming record. Okay, it was no VAR. I mean, it was embarrassing, Stephen. Now you go down to 10, you are bottom of the table, you lose the game. And then the referee doesn't want to see me. Is that respect? No. No, no, I think that, that he, there is... I have a computer. Imagine, imagine, imagine me. I got the computer. I go into the referee. I said, can you please explain this to me? And if she is, I suppose that the referee will say to you, sorry, guys, I made a mistake. Is that bad? And if he said to me, please don't say nothing in the press, I say nothing in the press. I want him to see with me and to tell me that I still a record. And they didn't allow me to go and say, no. But you were saying earlier they, they have an analyst. Yes, which is take notes and they give it to the referee association. So what we got in here is, a referee association that tries to protect the referees for them not to get abused. And then the rest, we are in the other side. For my way of understanding football, it would be better if we know what the player is in. I, I got a hundred stories. The referee, they say to me, guys, uh, look, this is this. And they go, you got a point. And sometimes they got a point. I'm not right all the time, but they want to be right all the time. And that's a problem. And sometimes we accept that they're going to make mistakes. What we don't accept is when they make mistakes and they're trying to say that they didn't. But I, I feel that the, at the moment they referee in fear. I, I wonder if that's the case because they have to, they, the, the aggression that's shown to them for the 90 minutes from everyone, including the, the fans uh, of, of use and everything. And sometimes the reactions of managers in the Premier League is just unbelievable. It's just like, if would you behave like that in the street? Is the, the clock well, incident? Would, you know what? Pep, it would be easy Pep, for me. If... Steven, it would be easy for me. Gustavo Boyer referee. I'm under pressure. Pick a manager. Whatever you like. Arteta. 
Arteta. He's coming Arteta and he start making hands. I will go close to him. It doesn't matter how many people in the state. It's a matter of personality. And I will say, Mr. Arteta, next time you put your hands up, you're out. Don't try me. And next time he put the hands up, I send him out. I got a recorded microphone. Everything is recorded. Why is going to tell me? Why is going to tell me my, my analyst? You did the correct thing. You went there. You told him. And he done it in front of you. He was provocating you. See you later. Do you think that 10 games later, when you referee Arsenal and you go and you say to Arteta, you try me again? Next time, you're out. What is the problem with that? Tell me the options that Arteta go. Zero, Steven. The problem is they don't want to use the rules because they don't want to get abused. That's the wrong reason. Yeah, exactly. So they're refereeing in fear because they're refereeing by, yeah, yeah. They're refereeing in fear from everybody, I feel. I think that's the case. Their bosses, the media, the fans, the players, the coaches. And the pressure on one person in the middle you know, is intense. They need to release the video voice recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But basically, what it says, they have the analyst. They have the recordings. They have one, two, three, four referees in the pitch, plus how many in the VARs? Four more? Five, five more. And with all that, they don't share whatever discussions they do to anyone. So basically, that's what's needed to be changed in order to get more transparency. Mariano, I assume in the future we will talk specifically about VAR. I'm just talking about the referee, the main referee. I would say to my referee, me being a coach, eh, Mr. Ref, you are in charge. You got the power. You allow people to do things or not to do things. Not me. So why they don't use the power in the correct way? Because they got the possibility to do it. Because of what you say, probably, Stephen. I didn't think about it. I didn't think a, a, a referee would have a fear. Which is the best referee in the Premier League now, Stephen? Oh, God. <laughs> It's such a tough one. Um, Michael Oliver. Oliver. Do you think I can say to Michael Oliver whatever I want? No chance. No in a million years. If I say something over the top to Michael Oliver, I'm out. You know why? Because he's in charge of the game and he's in control of the game. So then it's not a matter of fear. It's a matter of personality. So we got the referees with certain personality that they can deal with any situation, at any stage, at any level, in any minute. And the referees, they are no personality and they struggle. And if they make one mistake and they know they made a mistake, forget it. That game is going to be a disaster because it's going to be one after another. But that's natural. The problem is that they don't recognize the thing with us. And we want that recognition. I, I, I wouldn't love more than a referee to say to me, I made a mistake. And I would say, don't worry, I made a hundred. Now, that they cover themselves, what for? If we know they made a mistake, you said it, Stephen, before. The referee doesn't referee the weekend because the week before he made a mistake. We all know that. He gets exposed anywhere. What better way to get exposed than you to explain why you made that decision? But do you, would you be happy for them to have the mic? So uh, in the same as the rugby, American football, you know, in, the, in different sports where they're talking and it goes on the, 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 the speaker and they explain the decision. If they can do it quick, yes. If they take too much time, no. If they become the protagonist of the game, no. That's what VAI is doing now. That that joke from the referee to the television and uh, everybody there, and he is the star, is not good for football. The star is Messi. The star is Ronaldo. The star is Mbappé or Haaland or Harry Kane or whatever you want to call it. It's not the referee. The best referees in the world, you finish the game and you, know, you don't know who was the referee. They go unnoticed. Those are the best. And that's one of the biggest mistakes of VAR, that they're making the referee part of the show and a very important figure, where it should be 
referee. Well, that's the, look, rugby just do it in the right way. I mean, there is yeah. the video referee, and it goes to him, and he he makes the decision. He plays it back, and he goes back into the microphone, and says, "No, this is what's happened. No penalty." What a night. And then, and then the guy on the pitch. Maybe the the guy on the pitch is an assistant, and now, and the referee is sat in the stand. If I want to show you, I'm a VAR, and I want that penalty to be a penalty, I make you, Stephen, give a penalty, and that's wrong because the one is in charge is the referee, and until they don't realize that in VAR, it's not going to be good. You need to go and show without talking, live action replay every angle, and if the referee says you, can you show me the second replay again? You show him the second replay and let the referee say, yes, he touched the ball with the hand, but no because of the play on. And no showing the right angle and showing the ball in the hand, the ball in the hand, the ball in the hand. The, what chance he got the referee to say no to that? Everyone in the world is looking at the same action that the ball hit the hand. You put him in a position that he needs to give the penalty. And that is wrong because the referee is not refereeing. He's a guy sitting in the stand, he goes zero responsibility and he's not going to get the abuse because the one getting abused is the one who's in the pitch. Do you think having iPads on the side of the coaching staff, the manager doesn't have it, but it always now they go to the bench and he's sat there looking at an incident that's just happened that one of his analysts has come forward a couple of seats and it's like, look, look, he made a mistake. Do you think that helps? Do you think that, that there should be anything like that? I, from my perspective, it doesn't help. But from your perspective as coach, do you need that information now? I, I agree with you two or three things. One, in the beginning, when that started happening, they didn't allow us to use the iPad on the bench. And the reason why was exactly why you said that. But now, I don't know why, they started allowing it. So normally, with the coaches that we say to you, which is true, is when something happens on the pitch, the analyst can send you direct information by an iPad and you get a video. And you can see it and you can try to explain to the players that something is not right or what they can do. It's like a tactical advisor. Now, the problem is when they show in an action. And, and that, yes, increment. Because I, I remember when we didn't have the iPad and, you know, you were connected with the, with the analyst saying, you need to be 100% sure. Don't tell me it's a penalty. And then I try to make a complaint to the ref for a photo vision. And then I watch it and it was not. You know, like you put me in a wrong situation. But yes, I think it's dangerous. I agree with you. And I use it, eh? I'm being honest. But this is complicated because sometimes you see things that you say, wow. Now the referee can see it as well. That's why now they had to allow it because the referee got the chance to go and see it. How does that affect you as a coach from an emotional point of view? Because if you've just got a decision that's gone against you, someone's put an iPad in your face. No, it's tremendous. And the penalty's gone to the other team. You prefer that. But even if that affects, like you're... You've either conceded a goal, you need to go again, you need to fix it. You might have lost the decision. I mean, I, I really want to talk to you about an incident that happened between Chelsea and Tottenham at White Hart Lane. I don't know which team you were playing for. Uh, it was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. No, no, I was playing for Tottenham. It was the game we won 5-1. No, when he missed, he, he did the air shot and he got a penalty. I know, no, no, I wasn't, no. I know, I know why you say, yeah. Yeah, he, well, he, he did that. So this is an incident. Like if, I, if the manager's on the side and he sees this. So he went to have a shot. No one was near him. He kicked, went to kick the ball, missed the ball, straight on the floor. And the, and the ref gave a penalty. And we're all in the stands going, how? What? The, what's the... I, I, we couldn't believe it. It was literally an air shot penalty. Yeah, we probably with VAR. That's the one that with VAR it would be 100%. Now, the, the referee made a mistake. What I mean with that is, 
is that there is mistakes and mistakes, Stephen. You know, there were well, mistakes. I'm talking about the emotion of that. If that happened, I've never forgotten that. And ah, it we was go, interesting. I will go crazy. I will go crazy. And I was listening to uh, Hawksby and Jacobs on Talksport, and he, Paul Hawksby, referenced that incident last week or the week before. It stuck with Spurs fans for a long time to, to yeah, say, because obviously. of what of the history. But in the, in what I'm trying to say, that emotion of that the if you've got that happens and somehow that's missed and someone shows you that on an iPad, your emotion is switched. Yeah. So how do you, you, is it a good idea emotionally as a coach to have all that information on your fingertips too quick? Depending on your personality. Me, it's it's difficult. I I have to agree. But I I will tell you one thing that I'm very, very honest and common sense. When a situation is 50-50, because there is situations in football that they are 50-50, you get in the box, I touch you a little bit, you go down for the supporters, the, the team attacking, it's a penalty. For the ones defending, it's not enough. I say to my players, eh, you gave the chance to the referee to give a penalty. Even if I think it was not, you gave the chance to the referee. The problem is when it's not. The one you say about Jimmy Floyd now. If, if you see something that happened and they give a penalty and they show you an iPad that there is nothing, if you care a little bit, how is it not going to affect you? How you are not going to say something? How are you going to stop? I mean, if it's in the first half, I have time to say to the referee, have a look at the penalty. You made a massive mistake, and now we're losing because of you. Not because of the opposition, because of you. And normally you get a yellow card, a red card, but they know they made a mistake. Now with VAR, can you do that? Can you tell to revise that? And they do. They listen to managers or players if they ask for it. No. They're trying to implement that you can ask for a VAR review, but if, if, if you put an iPad on the bench, they, they will know that people went to review it or not. It becomes, the thing is to review it without you knowing, like in tennis. I hit the ball and the ball is out, I review. You don't know if it was in or not. And maybe after it's out for a, a millimeter. Now, if I got an iPad and I see penalty, 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 review, too easy, it's a penalty. You get a number, don't you? You have three per match. I would like the referee to referee. Showing the action, don't say normal speed and every replay that you show on TV from every angle. And let the referee to decide. In American football, they have something very interesting. The manager asks for a review. And the main referee has to go watch without interference. But they have a rule that he has to make it in less than 30 seconds. And if he has doubts about the decision, the the last decision he made stands. So if after 30 seconds he cannot make his mind, the original decision stands. If the manager was right, it was a foul and the referee didn't spot it, gives the foul, he keeps a challenge. And if he misses, he loses a challenge. And that makes sense in many, many ways. And and it doesn't break more than it's breaking now VAR, the rhythm of the match. Mariano, if you, if you ask me, I will take VAR completely out. I would like to get rid of VAR completely and to, to go back to basic with a referee and the two linesmen and the fourth official because he needs to be there with mistakes or without mistakes and the referee to be responsible. If, you, if he's good and make good decisions, he's going to be in the top division and if he makes too many mistakes, they're going to put it down like any player or any coach. Exactly the same. Yeah, they're professionals. I agree. Yeah, but that's great because they're professionals in the same way. And I told you another thing, Stephen, that, you know, I, I would like the, the referees to be part of the game as well. They are not the stars, but they are not against anyone. They're part of the game. They are one more. It's not 22 players. We say it's 25 in total. So like that, it's, it's easier for the players to, to relax and to play. They're talking a lot about losing time now. Losing time. 
I repeat, this is me. I don't know if it's rules. I don't know if they are acceptable. I mean, again, and in the first half, you can see the smaller team that from the first minute start losing time. I go to the goalkeeper and I said, if you lose time once more, I want to show you a yellow card. I don't care that it's one minute, 30 minutes, or 85 minutes. When the referee nowadays, they do. In the first half, they never say to the goalkeeper to play quick. They always tell them in the last 10 minutes. I don't know why. Because it's the same time. Eh? One second in the first half, it's the same that one second in the second half. It's one second. Okay? Secondly, I will tell the captain of the team. If you think you're clever, you're going to see a halftime. And then when it gets to halftime, I put 10 minutes. And everybody go ballistic. And when we finish the first half, I go to the coach and I say, I'm a referee and you're losing time. And if you keep losing time, I'm going to give 15 minutes. It's up to you. I ask the referee association and it's not possible. When in the second half, a team is losing time and you're controlling the time is lost and the extra time is five minutes, I say to the referee, can the referee to be a little bit more open? Think about this, Mariano. It's a team is losing time and I cannot punish them with yellow, 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 losing time. So I said, okay, I'm going to give two or three or four extra minutes. Now, in the last minute of the game, the team, it was playing fair, score. Why you give the team that was losing time five minutes to get back? Finish the game in the night. See you later. That's common sense. You were losing time to get a result. And now because you conceded in the last minute, now you're going to use your five minutes to get back in the game. I give you zero. And they say to me, oh, it's too difficult. No, it's not. Well, I was going to ask you how you felt about the 60-minute rule that everyone's talking about at the moment where the, the ball has to be in play for 60 minutes. Yeah, but can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I played the best Liverpool ever when they were flying intensity, 99%. Yeah. And every time I got a goal key where I got a throwing, I take five minutes. The game is going to last three hours and a half because you're doing like in basketball. Yeah. If you put one role that you're going to press 30 minutes when the ball is in play, then you cannot tell me to go quicker because you contradict yourself. How long can I take? Because to that, take a that rule would be against the teams who play in high intensity because you rest so you nullify the advantage and you cannot and play, Antonio, uh, uh, Antonio. <laughs> oh, yeah, Antonio. Yeah. Mariano Mariano and you cannot tell me to play quick because it doesn't start the clock oh this is just opening a can of worms here this is just making more questions so I thought it was a simple it wasn't a simple one thing the ball has to be no but it the the talk of why it doesn't work or why it is going to work this is something I would like to understand because what you're just saying to me has not crossed my mind at all yeah, because about we, how it works Uruguay, we, in Uruguay, we're always thinking about the opposite to the rule. How to use the rule in our favor. <laughs> so me, I'm going to say to you, okay, cross, boom, boom, in the box. And I'm staying down, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait. And, I, and when you're going to take the, the corner, it went past five minutes. We recover, we are fit, we are strong, you are cold. Imagine if it's raining or it's snowing. When you take the corner, we are all uh, frozen. You say, no, 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 but you cannot do that. Uh, what do you mean you cannot do that? If the game is not, the ball is not playing. So you're going to have to start all the rules now. Listen, football, it was beautiful. And they're making it worse. Because the main thing we need to think is the best moment in football is the goal. And now when a team scores a goal, nobody knows if it was a goal. Because there is always a review. It's so stupid football right now. That people are celebrating one goal twice. Yeah. And it went in, and when the review said it's a goal. And that is because the one making decisions, they never, ever play football. But that's an interesting point. Because I think 
I looked at, I talked to you before about we all look at football in different ways. You will watch a game of football differently to me. Your uh, referee will watch a game of football differently to both of us. There's three elements here in the holy trinity of the game, the fans, the players, coaches, and the referee. And we're all watching the same thing, but with different eyes. And we all have a different understanding and what we expect every time we cross that those players cross that line. And I think that is the mis- disconnect between all of us and trying to connect those dots is such an interesting way of looking at it because there's a different way when you're listening to coaches and ex-players like yourself, it is different and you view things differently and your expectations from a game are different in terms of you're looking for respect, you're looking for professionalism. In one way, all we're looking for is bang for our buck. We want to be entertained, we want goals, we want we're paying a hell of a lot of money to sit there to watch the ball in play for 42 minutes as the average or whatever it is. And you're like, well, you can't do the 60 thing, minute thing, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously the argument is you don't, you don't go and pay for the Rolling Stones for, for a concert and they only come out and play 42 minutes when it's supposed to do an hour and a half. So it's that sort of argument. But it's just that way, I think, of all of us watching the same thing in different ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it's spectacular, your definition. And, and that's why we need players that they are special, because I, I, I always try to say, and it's difficult, eh? when you play for relegation, it's difficult. The, the fans, they come in to see something. As soon as a player does something special, whatever it is, a save, a goal, a dribbling, a control, they will remember. And sometimes that kind of little things is worth a ticket, but you need that. And right now, we're going to the stadium. We're already thinking about bad, how bad we are, the, the referee, the VAR. The opposition losing time, the how much, how expensive it is, and at the end it's, it's like a, we're planning not to enjoy before even watching the game because we are always talking about the negative. That's why for us now talking, I think we agree it will be easier if everything is out, everything's clear, everything is open, and everybody knows, and then you play. Now that you can investigate, Mariano, if the record is being modified or no. I mean, we're talking about different technology. I, I see now. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Bertongen, he played a game with a microphone. Yeah, yeah, I did see that, yeah. But it's good for the ones that don't know. So imagine you're a referee and you give a foul and he's coming someone and says, eh. and he said a bad word and he starts shouting and you go, no one more. Boom, it's over. There was a, a program, they did it with Arsenal. Uh, I think it was Arsenal versus Mill and the referee was mic'd up. And the controversy from that with the way the Arsenal players spoke to the referee, called him a cheat, called him this, 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 oh. this. Okay. And everyone but, was like, oh, this is how they speak to referees. Well, that's a problem. That's why they don't want to show it. Because sometimes it's them. Sometimes that how they speak to you. If I was a referee, obviously, if I make a mistake and it was important and I know I made a mistake, I'm a human being, I'm going to be worried. But then when I talk to players, I will be, be careful. I, mean, I may you have made a mistake, you play but you referee. have to respect me anyway. No, no. And I made, I'm telling you, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Get on with the game. And don't worry that if I keep making mistakes, you won't see me again because you're going to be in the Premier League and I'm going to be in the one. But you need to referee the game come, you know, in a, in a position when you know you are in charge. And giving the referees the power. And they don't want to take it. Why? Because it's a work of responsibility that is very heavy. I think it's also understanding now that they they have a boss. They never had a boss before. It, it, uh, you know, Now they have uh, Howard Webb before it's someone else. By the way, before you say, he was the best by far. Howard Webb, I promise you, Howard Webb, the best. Steven, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. He was the best by far. 
I remember even once, one, he didn't give a penalty, and I was surprised, and I was saying, no, I can't believe it, Howard didn't give the penalty. And they showed a camera from behind him, his view, and he couldn't give it because he couldn't see it. And that's what I like. You know, if you didn't see it, how you can give it? Because you can give what you see. We're talking about without VAR. And Howard Webb was top class. Obviously, he probably made a few mistakes, but he was top class. Like now, I like Michael Oliver. Now, Michael Oliver, now, he got a cigar. He's referring like that. Because if it's a doubt, he go VR and then go watch TV. That's the easiest thing for a referee. He's good, and he got the replay. I mean, the only thing we need missing now is the referee playing with an iPad, hanging <laughs> from the chest. You know, say, wait a moment, and, and pass it back, backwards, back. No, no, play on, play on. I mean, where are we going? It's interesting. It's interesting you say about Howard Webb. He's not. Is uh, uh, not my favorite, especially when we, <laughs> especially when we played Man United. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's things that happen. Look, I had a referee in Spain that not many people like him. I'm not gonna say the name. And it was a very strong character, and you you couldn't talk to him. So for me, it was difficult. But I never lost with him as a, as a referee. So I used to love him, <laughs> and people hate him. I love him. I never lost. So it doesn't matter how he, you know, but sometimes that happens, like you say, that referee you win and referee you normally lose. So it's coincidental, I think. But, you know, you do have that feeling that, oh, no, our game, please don't be him. But do you feel like there is that influence from certain managers? Say there's always looking back to Ferguson and, you know, his pressure, he built the pressure on the referee from the beginning of the week. Does that still exist? Is that still something that it's not in the same, it doesn't feel like it's the same way. No, it's not. Now it's more reactions. I think that Alex was clever to create it before. Uh, now it's reactions, depending on what happened. The teams now, they're analyzing the referees as well. Certain coaches, they even give plenty of information to the players about the referees. You know, how many yellow cards they give, they play, they, the coaches, the referees that they give yellow cards very easy, all the ones that they always waiting until the second half, because we are all different. And that information is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you cannot influence, but you know. You know, the, I remember in my times, a proper tackle in the beginning of the game, you will never get a yellow card, except if it was a criminal tackle. But in the beginning of the game, the referee they let the play, and it was spectacular. And then in the second half, you needed to be careful because as soon as it was an interception, boom, a yellow. So you, you knew that, and you play under those rules. Now I think it's even more. You know everything about the referee. You know, you know how he's gonna handle. You know there is referees that are the easy red cards or, or many penalties, and, and and that helps. You know, because you play the game with an extra information. Okay. Yeah, the advantage is there. Fantastic. This was probably the most passionate, excited talking about football we had so far. Yeah, this is why you're going to get me in trouble. This is the one you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) And this, we were talking about something that actually is part of football, but no, it's actually football itself. So that's great. I think I think it's that we're very much invested in in the subject, whether you're watching it from the stand or whether you're on sitting on the dugout. You are invested. This one person is controlling the a, destiny of a match. It's a common enemy. Listen, uh, there is plenty. There is plenty of times. There is plenty of times that they influence the game as well. But it's, it's difficult to know how. You know, for example, me. I, I was as a football player. I, it was very natural for me to understand the pressure of a referee when you were going to the Bernabeu or when you were into no come. It's natural. And a mistake in a. a Real Zaragoza Deportivo La Coruña is not the same that a Real Madrid Zaragoza. The same mistake, it can have different consequences to the referee. Boca Juniors, we were playing Argentina. 
the repercussions, they are not the same a mistake in a normal game that when it's involved Bokan River. I understood that. What I don't understand now is that when I'm watching a replay 20 times and I know it's a penalty and they say no. And when I know it's not a penalty and they give it without saying the time. What about international yes. football when, you, with, when a country is refereeing? So an Argentinian referee in England match, do you feel no, that there's sometimes... They should no, But do you feel that it's ever... Have you ever felt that you've played it's against a country? It's too, yeah, it's too much pressure for the referee. And whatever, any kind of doubt in a decision against England is going to be taken out of proportion. And that is not fair on the referee. You cannot referee like that. Put a Uruguayan, like uh, in the World Cup in 2010, that the shot from Lampard, went in one yard, and the referee said, no goal. Solidarity, that solidarity. Hey, you didn't know it was Uruguayan, yeah. eh? if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe to the series leave a winning review or a five-star rating on the platform you're listening on and do not forget to check our website at www.12asintheworld-man-academy.com and let us know what would you like to know. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, please email us to sponsors at the 12 See you next time at the 12 Man Academy.